This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. So today on Your Next Step, we're going to start a a little series. It's going to roll into next week, and I want to prepare you for it. We're going to start talking about growth and, and today we're going to talk about the misconceptions, and then we're going, to, we're going to look at how moxie and how motivation. You and I are going to take some time over the next week to think about how can we intentionally grow in 2023. See, you and I have a new year, and, and growth doesn't just happen. I believe that's one of the misconceptions that everybody has to deal with. Somehow we believe by just living, we're going to grow. Recently, I was reading a, a story from one of John Maxwell's book. I love John Maxwell. He so inspired me. And he said, I've noticed there's two different kinds of people that that meet me at the airport. He says, there's the guy that shows up and he's got a clipboard and it says John Maxwell on it. He's standing down by the baggage claim and he's waiting for me to arrive. And then he says, there's this different person. It's a guy, it's a gal. And they show up at the airport and they're standing right where I get off the plane and, and come through security. And they say, Mr. Maxwell, I'm your ride. I'm here to pick you up. He said, you know what the difference between these two people are? One is just waiting for me to get to the baggage claim. The other has come looking for me. And I want you to be the kind of Christian that's looking for what God's doing. I want you to become intentional. See, spiritual success is connected to our decisions. And I want to help you today and next week make some good decisions about your spiritual life to open up the Bible and to take your next step spiritually. So this is going to be a great year. It's going to be a year of success. And you and I... We're going to dig into what God has to say for our future. I want to talk to you about uh, why we want to grow. I want to talk to you about why this is important to us. So first, I want to say this. If you're new around the church next door, uh, you don't know this. So I want to introduce you to a principle. Every year at the beginning of the year, we do a couple things. Number one, we take the first 21 days and we, we do a fast. Now, does that mean... All of us don't eat anything for 21 days. No, we all do something a little bit different. We, we choose the fast that's going to help us. And so some of us have given up a few items. Others of us, you know, are eating vegetarian. Others are only having, you know, uh, two meals a day. Others, one meal a day. We give you permission to dip your foot into the, the water of learning to be self-controlled, to give up certain items in your life, and say, God, I'm trusting you to make up the difference in my life. That's, that's kind of the core principle behind it, okay? If you have questions, just let us know, all right? Second thing we do is we, we do a series as a church, a New Year's series that we can kind of go back to throughout the year to help us all work together and, and, and to practice a principle of Christianity and, and being a God follower together. Well, this year we've chosen the theme, Grow. We're going to take four weeks, this week and three more, and we're going to talk about principles of spiritual growth and development so that throughout the year, we may come back to some of this so that we can be growing people. There's something that's happened in the church in recent years. And when I say the church, I don't mean just our community of faith, 
but across. People are choosing to be a part of church today because they want to make a difference. Now think about that. The reason that we engage a relationship with a local church is we want to be a part of a group of people that actually are making a difference in the world. Not people that talk theoretically about it, but are engaging it. Well, if we're going to make a difference around here, our mission is to move people closer to God, right? So our goal is to help people experience and know God in a more uh, realistic, full, vibrant way. If we're going to do that, we're probably going to have to know God better ourselves, aren't we? We're going to have to change. In order for us to have an orphanage in Africa, to care for people in need, all these things require us to change and to grow. And so we want to take some time to understand what does spiritual growth look like. Today, we're going to start with the first piece of that. And I think the reason that most of us don't grow in any area of our life is some reason it gets taken off the table because we have a misconception, all right? Let me give you one for my own life. Let let me give you a practical one, all right? I had a difficulty in learning, all right? But because I went to school back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, we would look out the windows and see pterodactyls flying in the air. It was so long ago. They They didn't like brand you in my generation as having some sort of problem. They didn't have a series of alphabet soup to to apply to me. And so I just kind of struggled in school and um, I didn't get that in my life. But I got to a point in my life when I realized I didn't do well. I couldn't succeed. And every year I was just hoping to make it to the next grade and not be left behind. Some of you know that feeling. Some of you are teachers and you've seen a student in your classroom with that fear inside them. See, so I had this misconception about myself that I was less than other students. I had this misconception about myself that I couldn't learn, that I didn't know how to learn. And what I found over time was I could learn. I just learned a little bit different than other students and I needed help in the process. And right now, you may feel like me when it comes to your spiritual life. And can I tell you why I love people that feel that way? Is I can have compassion on you. Because I know what that feels like. I, I just love to teach because I want people to grow. I want people to get past those barriers. And I want them to thrive. And that's really my heart. It's, it's why my approach to ministry is much more of a teaching approach as a pastor, okay? And so I want you to learn and grow, and you can do it, okay? So that's there. So today, we're going to try to move some of those obstacles in your brain that make you think that you can't grow spiritually. Now, uh, this week, I was, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about misconceptions, and somehow... Among us at the staff level, Twinkies came up, all right? Some of you wondered, why has pastor got Twinkies at church? Well, I realized that there's a lot of misconceptions about Twinkies. One misconception I found out about was, and it's a lie, it's an internet lie, don't look it up. Some people believe that a murder took place over Twinkies. 
It's not true. You can, you can do the facts and find out it's not the case at all. They did talk about Twinkies during the trial, but Twinkies are not the reason for any deaths. All right. So we've taken that off the table, but there is another misconception about Twinkies that I think is kind of funny and it relates to you and I. All right. So people believe that Twinkies like will survive the apocalypse. They feel like it's a safe food for a long period of time. It's Twinkies are said, you know, well, Twinkies will last forever. Can I just tell you that is not true. They've been, they've been associated with Chuck Norris, uh, roaches and Twinkies will survive the apocalypse. Not true. All right. Maybe Chuck will, but I don't know about the Twinkies. Okay. They're only good for about 45 days. Now you say, well, what's, what's that got to do with me? Well, see, this is what people believe. They believe that, well, man, if you've got some old Twinkies, you know, you've got a, a source of nourishment. Can I tell you this? A lot of people believe, well, I know about God. I'm good to go. Let the apocalypse happen. Really? That's all it's going to take to get through the future? See, what we've done is this. We've said that the gospel of Jesus Christ is just a little bit of knowledge about God and there's nothing more. And what I want to unpack for you is this. To be a God follower means that you and I need to be growing and vibrant and fresh in our relationship with God. And we don't want to take God for, uh, for granted in any way, shape, or form. We want to take the time to really understand what it means to be a growing follower of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to do this weekend, okay? First thing I want to do is I want you to know that growth is natural. And I want to show you that from Scripture. And I want to begin... At Psalm 1. So I'd like for you to take out your notes or open up your Bible or open up your app. Look online with me right now. If you look on the screen, I would like for you to join me in reading it aloud. Okay? So this, this means I'm not the only one reading. You're going to read right alongside me. All right? Let's go. Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night? That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. There's so much in this psalm. Number one, he paints a clear picture of a righteous way of life against a wicked way of life. He says there's a godly way to live and there's an ungodly way to live. The godly way of live, living produces blessing and fruitfulness and, and strength and value. An ungodly way of living will destroy you. Now, why is that important? Because in the world in which you and I live, there's a lot of people who say, well, ungodliness isn't so harmful. Now, is that really true? Has that been your experience? Have the times when you chose to reject God and go out and live ways that oppose God's standards, have they really been fruitful? Have they produced 
long-lasting relationships? Have they produced a sustainable lifestyle? My submission is probably not. Based on my experience, when I ignored God, when I chose ungodly ways, I mean, let me just give you an example. We all know that lying will not work out for you. It will always come back. Yet, in our world, we think it's okay to lie. At the root of, of this is just this notion that, well, there's, there's an amount of sin that I can live with and it not harm me. Well, that's a misconception, isn't it? Notice what, notice what the psalmist says. He says that you can't walk with sinners and it not affect you. Because then you'll begin to stand with them and then finally you will sit. The first three verses points out that, that if you begin to embrace an ungodly worldview, it will begin to solidify in your life and it'll keep you from moving. But notice this. He says, the blessed life meditates on God's word day and night. God is a part about everything that they do, all the decisions they make. They're saying, God, how, how are you involved in what I'm doing with my life? There's this interaction, this living relationship with God. Not that, that God is something we do every now and then, but God is, is a part of everyday life. Notice this. He says that the blessed person is like a tree planted. A tree planted. You should write, if you've got your physical Bible open, you should write there, transplanted. It doesn't say that a tree that just, you know, an acorn fell there in the ground, a squirrel left it there, and then it began to grow. No, it says that a tree planted. Where's it planted? It's planted by streams of living water. Why is that important? That's important because it always has a source of nutrients. See, you and I, when we come to know God, we say, oh God, I recognize you exist. I've been running from you. That's, a, that's our step into the grace of God. And the grace of God is big and wide and broad, okay? But then after we accept the grace of God and say, God, only a loving God that would have created me would find a way to take care of my sins. And I believe that Jesus is the answer to my sins. That's, that's your salvation point. And can I tell you, this is where the Twinkie analogy really comes in. See, a lot of people believe because they, they recognize that God exists and they've, they've invited him into their life, we're good to go. I don't have to do any more. I've got my Twinkies. I'm ready for the apocalypse. No, that's just the first step. What God wants you to do is to be transplanted. You go from that old way of life to place where he can nourish you daily, where you're meditating on his word, you're, you're spending time with him, and you become a fruitful. Notice that you're always fruitful, that that person is always fruitful and prosperous. Now, when we talk about prosper, it doesn't mean that you're going to drive big, expensive cars. It doesn't mean you're going to have a, an extreme wealth. A text without a context is a pretext. People will take that one verse out and say, because you love God, you will always prosper. And because you have a lot in your bank account, you are a good person and God loves you. No, I know lots of people that according to the wealth standard are prospering, but according to the spiritual standard are drying up and dying. They're afraid. They're worried. They're concerned. No, no. When he says prosper here, he's talking about your relationship with God is growing no matter what happens. Notice this. The wicked person, 
The wicked person gets blown away when difficulties arrive. I grew up on a farm in Tennessee, and uh, the joy of my childhood was that farm because it was my it was my safe place. It was my place where I could go and play. All right, we had uh, 26, 28 acres. I can't remember what it was, but we had a fresh spring and a creek that ran through it. There was this part of the creek that was deep. We called it the swimming hole. I know how parochial, right? And, and then we had the majority of the creek was probably only, you know, less than 12 inches deep. But there was this one tree down in the, in the bottom of the field next to the creek. And it was at least three foot across in its diameter. It was huge. It was strong. That's the picture that God wants you to know when you accept him, when you believe in him and you trust in him and you choose, okay, to plant your life on relying on him as your source. Why, why do trees next to streams do well? Because floods come. And this is what happens. When floods come, they bring in sedimentary material and it filters out. This is why the best farms are near major waterways because floods come. It stirs things up and you end up with extra nutrient soil. See, you and I think floods are bad because they're inconvenient. But in, in, in God's economy, floods, when you, when you go through those, you, they make you stronger. They make you healthier. Next weekend, we're going to talk about this growth and new memories. See, if you can learn I survived a difficult time. Then you know, I can survive difficult times. And it makes you stronger. So when what God says, when he talks about this in Psalm 1, what you want to understand is this. Spiritual success is connected to decisions and actions. What you want to be asking yourself right now is this. Do I need to adjust? Is there any way in my life right now I need to make an adjustment. Do I need to make an adjust in thinking? Is there something that I have a misconception about God? Do I have a misconception about myself? Do I have some sort of lie that's keeping me from growing to the next level in my relationship with God? See, see, one of the things that I think that's, that's been a lie and a misconception that you and I've had to deal with lately is that spirituality is optional. It's not really that necessary for life. We live in a generation that says spirituality is not that important. We actually believe, well, I know God, you know, so if God wants me to grow, I'll grow because God exists and, you know, he designed everything, so I'm supposed to grow. That goes totally in the antithesis of what the psalmist says, right? Because the psalmist says that if you want to grow spiritually, you've got to connect yourself to God. You've got to become intentional about that relationship. If you want to grow, you've got to become intentional. If you want your life to improve, you have to become intentional. You have to make decisions and action points along that. And what we want to do is give you some actions you can be intentional about that'll help you. Before we get there, I want to, I want to sweep away some of the misconceptions. 
And, and, and you may say in your mind, well, why do misconceptions exist? Well, one day in Jesus' conversation, he's in Jerusalem and he's having this conversation with, with some religious leaders and his disciples are there and all these people. So there's people along the spectrum. And, and Jesus makes this hypothesis that in the world in which we live, there, there is a spiritual force of evil, the devil, Satan, whatever you want to call it. And that spiritual force has impacted the world in which we live. And he has, he has scattered lies into this world. And some of us believe the lies. And because we believe the lies, we're hampered in our relationship with God. Now, that's really important. Because if people can be hampered in their God relationship because of a lie, we need to be able to recognize some of those lies ourselves as God followers to make sure we're not falling into it. Can I give you one that I know a lot of people have struggled with, including myself? Okay, I put myself in this category. I used to believe, I'd read the Bible, and I'd think, wow, I'm so jealous of Peter, James, and John. You know what I'm saying? You ever read the Bible and get jealous and say, you know, I could believe in Jesus if I got to see him walk on water. You know, if I'd been in the boat, I'd have been out of the boat on the water, you know, right there by Peter, and I wouldn't have sunk. Really? You realize that the majority of the people that lived in Jesus' day didn't become followers? The majority of the people said, crucify. So I have to be honest. And I struggle because I'm like, I don't understand why everybody didn't come to church. It seems like such a better way, but that's because I've lived it. I've experienced it. See what I'm saying? We still live in an A when the majority of the people don't necessarily want to submit to God. Now, now, the majority of the people, this is what's interesting. This is interesting. The majority of the people in our culture, when asked, tell you they believe in God. Hmm. Do their actions imply they really believe? Mm. Can I believe in something and never practice it? I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe that I believed in you and, and loved you if I never spoke to you, interacted with you, engaged you. See, I, I submit that we really don't believe. The only way to know if somebody believes is to evaluate their action. And what happens is this. Satan speaks to us to keep us inactive. And that's the root of the misconceptions. The root of the misconceptions is to keep you. So today I want to challenge you. Do you need to adjust? Do I need to become more active in my faith? Do I need to become more active with God? Listen to what Jesus said. This is in John chapter 8, verse 44. You belong to your father... So when he says you belong to your father, the devil, he's saying you just belong to this world. You belong to the thinking of this world. You want to carry out your father's desires. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to your next step on all major podcasting platforms. If you will pray with me right now, I believe that God's going to move, that God's going to change some lives, that God is going to transform the world in which we live in. And so I invite you right now, let's just... 
Let's do this together. Let's not waste any more time. What if we took a moment and just pray for our schools and colleges today? Lord, we we thank you for our nation because uh, our nation really believed in education early on. And God, it was the church. It was the believers who started Harvard and Yale and Princeton. So many of our best educational institutions were started as Bible schools, as, as institutions of learning to train God's people to serve you. And that's why we come before you today to pray for our colleges and our schools. Lord, we know, we know about all the shenanigans and the, the false teachings that have gone on through the universities and the colleges. And that's why we pray today. We pray that you would begin to clean house that you would be the judge over our educational institutions, that you would cause the ones that will bring life to flourish, and that you would diminish those that would harm our children. Lord, we're asking you to give us wisdom as parents. What schools do we send our children to? Do we teach them ourselves? And how do we educate our children in a world that's debating these things. Lord, we're praying that you would arise and that you would would make your way. Lord, we, we've seen revivals at Yale in the past. We've seen revivals at Harvard in the past, and we're asking for revival in our higher education, in, in our colleges, our universities, our high schools. Lord, we pray for the ministries that minister to students. Lord, we pray for our churches to be effective at reaching students. May they go from college into the ministry, Lord. So, Lord, today we call on you, the God of all providence, to show mercy and grace and move in our educational systems. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I know I know that that prayer was good and that you were part of that, but I want to take you to the next step because that's what we're all about here, right? So would you go to yournextstepnow.com? That's our website and give us your email address and we're going to give you our ebook. It's a prayer guide. This month it's free. Know that it's free. It's not going to cost you. You just have to give me your email address and then you and I can become prayer partners for the ministry. I need you to pray with me and agree with me. Our world needs revival. We need you to become a prayer partner. This community needs you. So go to yournextstepnow.com, give us your email address, and get your free prayer guide ebook today. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. 
Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.